Al Anderson Afternoons, the podcast. Hey, TFJ, how was your weekend, sir? What did you do? Anything special? Oh, just went for a hike. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really nice, and uh, yeah. Excellent. All right, yeah, nothing wrong with a hike. I wouldn't know what that's like, but nice that you went for one. That's that's fantastic. Yeah. Um, Cam Poitras, come on in here. Cam is producing the show back at CJOB. That's where TFJ is. I'm here at the home studio. Cam, anything special on the weekend? Um, no. <laughs> well, you guys are boring. Wow. I know. My life is boring. No, uh, you know, uh, my cousins, she's heading back to Halifax for school, so we had to get together with the family a little bit. Uh-huh. Um, Good. Hey, listen, it's yeah. a pandemic. Boring is fine. Nothing yeah. wrong with boring, yeah. to be quite honest with you. Yeah, I, I actually sort of prefer uh, boring. And somebody just texted in a very good question. Uh, Hal, where is Lynette Saragusa? She hasn't been on with Dr. Rusin for a long time now. Of course, the health minister was there today with Dr. Rusin. But I do miss the soothing voice of Lynette Saragusa. We'll have to check on where she is. I mean, obviously, she's behind the scenes uh, working hard, but she has not been part of the provincial COVID-19 news conference as, uh, conferences, as the listener points out, uh, for quite some time now. All right, um, we're underway. Happy Monday. Hope you had a great weekend. Whatever you did. Maybe you did nothing, like uh, us around here, and, and that's just fine. We've got a long weekend coming up. A week tomorrow school begins, so we're going to focus in on that a lot today. Uh, we had the news conference live, and you heard the rundown in the news. Northern travel restrictions are going back into effect. We've got 28 new cases of COVID-19 today. And I'm happy to see only seven in Winnipeg. Over the weekend, some of the numbers uh, in Winnipeg were starting to concern me a little bit. Uh, listen, seven is concerning, but... I was starting to think, geez, boy, the the Winnipeg numbers are are starting to jump up a little bit. But seven of the 28 new cases today. And we're obviously going to talk a lot more about COVID-19 as we go along here. I've got an ad to the show. I teed up my show with Jeff Courier, who's back in the mix. Great to have Jeff back. Uh, When I teed up my show, we've got a late ad here. Councillor Brian Mays will join us after the news at 3 o'clock to discuss what happened at that emergency council meeting today. Oh, and an hour from now, we will announce the winner of Hal's Kitchen. So all of you who qualified for that $5,000 kitchen makeover from Winnipeg Custom Countertops and Kitchens today, stand by. Right after the 2 o'clock news, we will announce the winner. And that, of course, is a great prize from our friends at Winnipeg Custom Countertops and Kitchens today. So this morning... Um, I was able to chat here at the home studio, and I recorded the conversation, obviously, with Dan Vandell, the Northern Affairs Minister, and of course he's a, a Winnipeg MP as well, St. B, St. V MP. And uh, we began the conversation by talking about his government's $2 billion for back to school. Of course, the federal government, he's an MP, that's the federal government, the Justin Trudeau government, and its commitment of $2 billion to get the kids back to school safely. Here's Dan Vandell. Yeah, well, how we know that the past few months have been very hard on everybody, but uh, especially hard on students who've been physically separated from their friends, their classmates, uh, and, and parents as well who've had to juggle work and child care. So uh, returning to school uh, is, is always an important part of the year, even in the best of times. But this year is especially important, and we want to ensure that families can uh, 
uh, can have their children return to school without worrying about the health of their kids. That's why last Wednesday, I believe, the Safe uh, Return to Class Fund was uh, launched, $2 billion for provinces and territories. Uh, so they can ensure the safety of their of their students and staff members throughout the year. That translates to about $85 million for Manitoba, uh, so that we can work with the provincial government and school divisions to make sure that uh, work that needs to get done to, to make students safe is actually done. Uh, and that could, that could be uh, better air ventilation, supplying uh, personal protective equipment, cleaning supplies, or or adapting the physical uh, learning space. Is there more money if there's more money needed? Well, uh, you know what? Our government is committed to being with Canadians and with provinces to the end of this pandemic. I know that the $85 million for Manitoba was intended to augment uh, the other program, which was uh, uh, a Healthy Restart, which, which allocated $384 million dollars for Manitoba, and that included, uh, that was more focused on health care, hospitals, long-term care homes, but uh, there's, a, so the 85 is on top of the 384, and uh, we'll see how that goes, and uh, one thing's for sure is that we'll be there at the end to make sure Manitobans are safe. Have you been watching the numbers here in Manitoba? They're spiking right now, and I think most people are at least concerned about that. I Yes, I, I have. I've been in Manitoba uh for uh, the entire the entire July and August, and uh, I've been watching them very closely. It's uh, it's somewhat disappointing the numbers are going up, but at the same time, people are more active. We've had a beautiful summer in terms of weather, and uh, you know I see large groups congregating. It could be pe- people are are getting away from the uh, fundamentals of uh, of of, of uh, public health, as Dr. Rusin has, has suggested. And it's important for people to uh, take precautions and socially distance, wear masks when you have to, and uh, and make sure you're wa- you're washing your hands thoroughly. I know your work never ends, but are you anxious for the resumption of Parliament on the 23rd of September? I I am very anxious. Uh, I'm I'm very anxious to get to the other side of this uh, this pandemic. Uh, I know uh, COVID's making everyone a little wearisome of about what we need to do, but. Uh, I'm anxious for the resumption. I think uh, the Prime Minister made it very clear. We are going back to a throne speech on the 23rd. That's going to lay the path forward for the next few years and uh, what our priorities are. And it's important to note, Hal, that last year when the Prime Minister delivered a throne speech, that hasn't even been a year yet, this was pre-COVID. COVID was, was obviously not in the throne speech and our whole world has been thrown upside down, so we need to make accommodations to how Canada is going to address this in the, the medium, the short, medium, and long term. What would you say to Winnipeggers and Manitobans that are concerned about some of the scandals of late? We don't need to go into the details, they're well known, but what message would you send to people here at home in your home province, in your home city about that? I, w- I would say that our government has successfully uh, invested hundreds of billions of dollars to help individual Canadians, to help businesses, to help the cultural uh, industries in in a very, very short time, literally hundreds of billions of dollars. And most of that money has landed uh, successfully and positively. Mistakes obviously were made, especially with the, uh, the WE issue. Uh, I, I think both uh, the Prime Minister 
has apo- the po- Prime Minister, first of all, has apologized. He's acknowledged those mistakes, uh, as has uh, former Minister Morneau. And, uh, and, and I think that, uh, by and large, uh, 90- 99% of the dollars that we've rolled out have done so successfully. Mistakes were made. Uh, apologies were, were given. Uh, no actual dollars changed hands with we. Uh, the mistakes were, were uh, discovered before the money flowed. And uh, we're trying to keep focus on on uh, what we need to do to to help Canadians get over this pandemic. One final question: Whatever's going to happen is going to happen. But do you sense there's an election in the air this fall? You know what? I, I don't. I don't. I don't think anybody wants an election during the pandemic. I mean, that would be. Uh, I just can't imagine going door to door or doing everything we have to do when when you have to socially distance. And uh, I think that people, I think there's going to be an election before the regular four-year cycle, but I don't think it's going to be this fall. I think most governments, if you really, uh, if, if you really dig a little deeper on what they want to do, nobody really wants to go to an election, including, uh, in, including most of the major parties in Ottawa. Minister Vandell, thanks for your time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. Winnipeg Liberal MP Dan Vandell, also the Northern Affairs Minister. So your thoughts on, on what he had to say there? He says, uh, no, um, he does not believe there will be an election this fall, but he does think Canadians will be going to the polls uh, before they're scheduled to do that. And when I asked him about the scandals, he said, listen, mistakes were made, apologies have been given. Good enough? Hmm? Kathy Babb joins us, manager of Scholar's Choice Retail Store. Kathy, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. Thanks for jumping on with us again. Hey, quickly, Scholar's Choice Retail Store, is that primarily for teachers? I mean, it's open to everybody, but you would see mostly teachers there. Am I right about that? Well, typically this time of the year for sure, but we're certainly open for parents, and we're seeing seeing a ton of homeschoolers and people just um, wanting to support their kids and get the cobwebs off the brain and get back to school, so... Yeah, mm-hmm. parents, teachers, we see it all. Grandparents yeah, want to so, spoil kids. Sure. Yeah. yeah. So what what are you seeing uh, with back to school shopping? You mentioned homeschooling. A lot of parents are still going that route, eh? Yeah, I think a number of them are, and just a lot of parents who just realize the kids have been off for quite some time, and they just want to make sure that um, all the gears are moving. So they're um, doing that. I heard a really good idea on Friday, and it was a parent who has dedicated their long weekend to being a family long weekend of fun and just kind of reassuring the kids and spending some quality family time together doing games and stuff, which was what brought them into us, but just um, a good family weekend and a strong start back to school next week. I think kids are pretty anxious, and I think parents are too, and teachers. There's yeah. definitely right. There's definitely some nervousness, uh, some concern more than normal. I think at the start of every school year, there was a bit of that. Uh, yeah. But this year, with a pandemic and, and COVID nineteen, I think we're we're seeing more of that. That is a pretty good idea. Yeah, I thought it was a great one. And uh, somebody said, you know, we've been home all this time, but we haven't really made it special. So it was going to be a long west- weekend event at home. So great idea. Mm-hmm. Anyway, what, what are you seeing uh, teachers and parents uh, purchasing for the kids? Uh, I imagine the list this year is a bit different, too. <laughs> oh, yeah, it sure is. Um, lots of individual packages of products. So, uh, you know, a lot more the children are being asked to bring a package of, you know, colored pencil, a package of crayons, a pair of scissors, a bin to keep it all in, labeled and marked for them. 
um, those type of purchases from teachers that might break down to instead of buying, you know, a class set of a counter, you're buying uh, 15 class sets of a counter. So everybody has a set and it's ziplocked and marked for them and things like that. So I think the delivery of the program is certainly going to be different. We know that. And so there's been some requests sent home and certainly some budget lines spent on that type of thing. So, um, you know, personal protective equipment, I don't think that's going away anytime soon, but lots of masks, lots of sanitizing stations we're selling to schools, um, desk dividers, floor stickers, marking distances, those types of things. So, yeah. What what is the desk divider going to look like? What's that? Just oh. maybe explain some of this stuff that you're talking about oh, because sure. I think yeah. in our minds we're thinking, okay, it's going to be different, <laughs> but exactly how is it going to be different? Well, you might have like a privacy screen that goes up around a child just to prevent um, transmission of any um, saliva or anything like that. You might have a round desk with a plexiglass X divider that sits. Um, you'll have tape on the floors to indicate spaces. You'll have beautiful little circular bilingual stickers on your floor to indicate a two-meter distance or a directional arrow or things like that. Uh, reminders about the wearing of masks and protocols in pl- classrooms and schools. So all of that, which has never really been, um, you know, one of our uh, areas of, of purchase before in the past. This is all new, and it's happening fast. People need it now, so... Big demand. And with all of these new items, these new purchases, that costs money, and it costs money for moms and dads, parents, it costs money for teachers. Yeah. Um, you know, and we've talked before uh, about how much money teachers spend out of their own pocket. Go into that a bit. Well, absolutely. Um, you know, the federal government certainly has some money moving. We'll see where that gets to and what that, that is used for. But um, we're certainly seeing schools making these decisions probably a little less than teachers at that point at this point on some of those bigger items um you you talk about the cost to parents um you know I, when my kids went to school and i'm certainly dating myself a pair of brand new adidas um was certainly on the back to school list and that was probably 100 to 150 now it's probably face masks i think that's going to become the new uh, fashion statement and you're kidding yourself if you think your child can survive a year with three face masks. They're going to be, um, you know, like everything else they lose. So uh, that's going to become the new fashion statement, I think, face masks. And lots of lots of families are buying them in good quantity and putting a, a system in place at home that's going to work for the, the clean and the dirty and the in and the out. So. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right, Kathy. Uh, listen, Dr. Rusin says all the time how we need to learn to live with the virus. And, and I think you're right. These items are going to continue to be on the back-to-school list for years to come. Yeah, yeah, I, I absolutely think that. I think it's going to be a new world in classrooms. We, we have a new mask that's quite interesting, and it's called Read My Lips, and it actually has clear vinyl across there for your lips. And when you think about it, for young children who are learning to read and enunciate letters and numbers and things like that, seeing the lips is very important to to learn how to read, um, especially if you're doing English as an additional language or you're doing drama or anything like that, or even emotions for children perhaps who are on the autism spectrum, being able to read a face or a facial, you know, expression. So those have become the new uh, norm in a lot of classrooms for teachers because they're a little uncomfortable, but having their whole face covered so i've seen those and i think they're fantastic for all the reasons you just mentioned but it's also nice to be able to see somebody smile right with the mask it's so hard not to see somebody show an emotion 
Well, I'll tell you, I've been in Scholar's Choice for 20-plus years, and I have a lot of regulars, and we all know each other. And I said to one woman the other day, I'm really sorry, but I don't, I don't recognize you by eyes only. And we forget how important the entire face is for uh, recognition and emotion and all of that expression, eh? Yeah. yeah. Kathy, thanks for your time again. It's always great chatting with you. Oh, you're very welcome, Hal. Have a great afternoon. Kathy Babb is the manager of Scholar's Choice Retail Store. A week tomorrow, the kids go back, and as you uh, just heard from Kathy, uh, teachers, parents, kids, they're all stocking up as they head back to school. And, yes, there's certainly some out there that are preparing for homeschooling, but for the most part, kids will be back in class one week from tomorrow. Munther Z, the owner of Food for joins us on the phone now at 219. Munther, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Hal. How are you? Excellent. Thanks a lot for uh, jumping on here for a minute. Before we get into what's difficult to find, and I've got a whole list here uh, that I want to ask you about what's uh, difficult to find on store shelves, including at Food Fair, we're going to talk with Colin Fast at the Winnipeg Chamber of Commerce after the news uh, at 2.30, and and we're going to talk about uh, security for businesses and the extra cost of security and stuff uh, we all we know all about you and your baseball bat. We've we've talked about that in the past. How have uh, how have the uh, how's the situation been at food fair as far as shoplifting and theft and what sort of things have you had to do? Well, we have increased our security, uh, like a better camera system, uh, live somebody watching live at all times. But it's really since COVID started, it's really down. Uh, shoplifting in general, we've noticed to be down extremely at our locations, especially. So uh, I don't know if it's across the industry that way, but I know our stores are down. Mm-hmm. So you, so but you, so you kind of beefed up security, and then the pandemic hit, and and it wasn't as necessary as it was before COVID nineteen. Correct. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so what's difficult to find on store shelves? You know, lots of times we hear about items, and sometimes it applies here in Canada. Sometimes it's a local situation. Sometimes it's only in the U.S. Like, for example, I thought of you uh, when I was making my list today. I was reading some stories, and I think this is primarily out of the States, but pepperoni was in short supply, and it was impacting especially mom-and-pop pizza joints. Any shortage of pepperoni here? No. Uh, most meat supplies are pretty good i mean it's rare that anything's cut back at all uh there was a few beef products that were being short supplied due to the cost of beef going up but now that the cost of beef has come down it's back in supply and disinfectant wipes those are still tough to find oh those are oh my god those are worth their weight in gold or more uh wipes are we're lucky to get we place orders for wipes almost every day from four or five different companies that we deal with and we're lucky to get a shipment of a case or two every three weeks to a month and i'll bet people are just waiting for those cases to arrive eh oh i mean just they're coming by every day uh most people know what our delivery schedule is they'll pop in right when the truck arrives anything no sorry shorted and they'll, they'll try back another day and I believe all stores are facing the same thing. Uh, laptops are on the list. Desks, office uh, chairs are on the list. 
Uh, obviously, you can't get that stuff at Food Fair. What about cans of pop? Because there is an aluminum shortage. And I was reading as well, Greg Mackling was talking about not being able to get Fresca, which is a drink that he enjoys. And he was reading that the pop manufacturing companies are focusing in on their big brands and they're not doing smaller, uh, more obscure brands like, say, for example, Fresca, uh, because um, they don't sell as much and because there is an aluminum shortage, so cans are harder to get. Very true. I mean, uh, they're doing, their, as they call it, the core brands first. Um, and then after that, uh, certain flavors are available only in certain sizes. They're not making them in all sizes anymore. Uh, Two-liter, Fresca is available, I believe, in two-liter, but the can, no. Mini cans seem to be available at all times uh, for a lot of different flavors. But, again, the standard can that we're used to, the 355 ml, you, I mean, Coke, Pepsi, 7-Up, Sprite, those core main brands, that's all you'll find right now. What else am I missing, Munther? What else is in short supply at times? Uh, various cleaning supplies. I mean, uh, Lysol, Fantastic, those ones that are known for germ killing. Um, those are in short supply. Uh, good um, sanitizer. Um, that's also. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's quite a few, a few things. I mean, food-wise, everything's almost back to normal uh, on the food side. But for cleaning supplies, that's the one thing right now that's hard. And what about food prices? Are we paying more? Yes. Yes, we are. I mean, certain things, COVID has has caused some items to go up. Costs have gone up because of it. And everybody's just passing it on. So um, we're paying more for goods. Uh, The cost of manufacturing is up for them. Uh, how COVID affected it, I'm not really sure about that one, but uh, we are definitely paying more for goods to, uh, today than we were doing a few months ago. And then have you added anything to your shelves at Food Fair that maybe weren't there before? For example, hand san- sanitizer. Can people get hand sanitizer there now? What about face masks? Have you added anything at Food Fair that you wouldn't have sold in the past, but you're now selling because there's a demand for it? Uh, well, sanitizer. We've always had sanitizer, but not in the supply that we have. Masks were selling, gloves were selling, um, shields were selling. I mean, they, whatever the customer says they want. I mean, uh, if we can get it, we're bringing it in. But uh, I never thought in a million years we'd sell masks in our store. We are now. Yeah. No kidding. We, at different times, man. We say we keep saying that, but just really different times in so many ways. Munter, thanks a lot for this. No problem, sir. Thank you. Hal Anderson Afternoons, the podcast, is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere you find your favorite podcasts.